Your ability to make decisions can make or break your career. So do you have the characteristics of an exceptional decision maker? Coming up on Help Me Think, you will soon find out. But first, let's take a moment to hear a little more from our title sponsor, Business Furniture. Help Me Think is sponsored by Business Furniture, a 100-year-old organization focusing on innovation since 1922. That's right, you heard me correctly. Business Furniture just celebrated its 100th anniversary of creating spaces where people can work better, learn better, and feel better. They truly are the experts when it comes to creating spaces where employees can show up and do their best thinking and best work. As you all know, hybrid work has gone mainstream and it's one of the biggest economic and cultural changes facing leaders today. Most organizations that choose hybrid work are trying to offer a balance between the flexibility that people want and the need to bring employees together to foster collaboration and innovation. And these guys know how to do it. So let Business Furniture help build a sense of community for your company. Check them out at businessfurniture.net. And now, back to our episode. Hello and welcome back. My name is Starla West and I am your host of Help Me Think. Throughout my years as an executive coach, as I've worked day in and day out with successful executives, I've noticed that there are five characteristics that when you possess them, make decision-making and leading others easier. I want to share those characteristics with you in today's episode. So with that, let's get after it. Picture this. It's 2006. There are 150 leaders in the financial services industry sitting in a ballroom waiting to hear Pat Cook speak. Those of you who are not familiar with Pat Cook, she is one of the founding partners of Holiday World and Splash and Safari Water Park in Santa Claus, Indiana. Holiday World and Splash and Safari Water Park are world-class theme parks, and they are known for their friendly staff and clean, clean park. Now, Pat Cook herself is well-known for being an excellent leader of people. Prior to her retirement in 2014, she wore that uniform every single day and worked alongside her employees, greeting guests and picking up trash. So she is highly regarded in the leadership industry, and she's highly regarded as an excellent leader of people. So these 150 leaders are sitting in a ballroom waiting for her to come out and share her expertise with them. As she walks on stage, this is what she says. She looked at these leaders and she said, here's what you need to know. You are not near as important as you think you are. So please, stop taking yourself so seriously. Now, there was complete silence. You could hear a pin drop in that room because that is not what these individuals were expecting to hear, right? They did not think Pat Cook, when she came out on stage, that was the first thing she was going to say to them. But she looked them in the eye and she said, you are not near as important as you think. So please, please, please. Stop taking yourself so seriously. What Pat was talking about was the very first characteristic that is absolutely essential, not only in leadership, but it is essential when you are trying to be an effective decision maker. She was talking about humility. Humility is the quality 
of having a modest or low view of one's importance. Let me say that again. Humility is the quality of having a low view or modest view of your importance. Here's why it's so important when it comes to the decision-making process. If you don't keep your ego in check, you will shut down the creative and innovative part of decision-making. Now, let me say that again, because that's incredibly important. When we can't keep our ego in check, we are going to shut down the very thing we need in order to make an effective decision, which is to think creatively and to be innovative. Collaborative leaders, or those that are really trying to be a collaborative leader, know that it's their job to facilitate brainstorming. And to do that, you have to come vulnerably to the table with questions that invite insight, input, and expertise from others. And you can't do that if you don't come to the table with humility. Because if you come to the table with a very big ego and you are uncomfortable acknowledging that you don't know everything and you are uncomfortable acknowledging that maybe you aren't always right, it is next to impossible to be a humble leader and to have questions with humility or conversations with humility that will draw out insight, input, and the expertise of others. So that's why humility is our number one characteristic on this list of exceptional decision makers. If you do not come to the table with humility, you are not going to be in a position where you can facilitate a fully creative fully innovative process, which means you got to shut down that ego and you've got to allow yourself to recognize that it's not your job to come to the table with all the answers. It's not your job to come to the table and know everything. Your job as a collaborative leader is to facilitate brainstorming, which means you've got to come vulnerably to the table with questions that invite insight, input, and expertise from others. So that's our first of five characteristics of exceptional decision makers. Let's move on to our second characteristic. Now, what I want to do here is I want to see if you can guess what this characteristic is. So when we think about the decision making process, ultimately what we're trying to do is minimize our blind spots so that we can make informed decisions. And during the critical thinking process, there are three things that we're doing that will help us minimize those blind spots. The first thing we should be doing is thoroughly diagnosing either the problem that we're trying to solve, the challenge we're trying to tackle, or the opportunity that we're trying to get out in front of. And the reason we want to thoroughly diagnose it is if we do, we'll have a much better understanding of it. Right. That's 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 kind of part one of this entire process. But the second thing that we're doing during the critical thinking process is we're factoring in all of the various perspectives that are at play. We want to identify and consider all those perspectives, which means we need to open up our mind and better understand how others are thinking and feeling and being impacted by the situation. And then the third thing that we want to be doing during the critical thinking process is uncovering and exploring all the possible solutions or options we have available to us, which means we need to be able to think critically and facilitate a process that uncovers and surfaces 
all the viable pathways that sit in front of us. If we want to do those three things, there is a characteristic that is absolutely essential that if we do not possess it, we are never, ever really going to be effective at doing those three things that I just described. Take a real quick guess as to what you think that characteristic might be. Give you a moment to think about it. Okay, do you have a characteristic in your mind? Here we go, drum roll. If you guessed empathy, ding, 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 you are correct. Empathy is absolutely essential. So let's take a moment now and define what empathy really is. Empathy is the ability to cognitively and emotionally understand how others are thinking and feeling. And it's also the ability to be able to see things through their eyes, through their lens, and from their perspective so that you can imagine yourself in their place. That's what empathy is all about. And without empathy, now listen up, because this is really, really important. If you want to be an effective decision maker without empathy, you are denying yourself the opportunity to see everything you need to see and to hear everything you need to hear to make an informed decision. Now, let me share that with you again, because this is absolutely essential. And this is why empathy is number two on our list of characteristics of exceptional decision makers. Without it, you are going to deny yourself the opportunity to see everything that you need to see and to hear everything you need to hear in order to make an informed decision. So let's go back to those three things that I just mentioned that are really important during the critical thinking process. Thoroughly diagnosing and understanding the situation. Uncovering and better understanding all the perspectives that are at play. And then exploring all the possible outcomes, solutions, or pathways that we have in front of us. We need to be able to see everything we can possibly see when it comes to those three things. And we need to be able to hear everything that we need to hear in order to make informed decisions regarding those three things. So now the question becomes, how do we bring empathy to the table? Because empathy is actually a two-part process. You cannot be empathetic unless you have both the desire and the ability. But it has to start with desire. And desire to be empathetic starts with a genuine curiosity. When I'm coaching other leaders and they ask me, gosh, I I know I'm not as empathetic as I need to be. How do I do this, Starla? The first thing I encourage them to do is to go back to that childlike curiosity that they had when they were younger and allow that curiosity to guide their thinking. When you show up with curiosity, it's automatically going to lead to a desire to be more empathetic. So the desire starts with a genuine curiosity. That's the first part of being more empathetic. But you also need the second part. And the second part is knowing how to be empathetic. It's not enough just to want to be and to be genuinely curious. You need to know what to be looking for. You need to know what to be listening for. And I call that cognitive empathy. Cognitive empathy is simply employing thought and intellect to better understand and comprehend on an intellectual level 
how others are thinking and feeling. That's what cognitive empathy is. And so when I'm teaching others to be more cognitively empathetic, what I'm doing is I'm helping them think about what questions should I be asking that might uncover how others are thinking and feeling? What kind of things should I be listening for and paying attention to that might provide that insight that goes beyond the words that they might be speaking? Right. So it takes both the desire and the ability, genuine curiosity paired with a, a, a de- highly developed skill in cognitive empathy in order to bring empathy to the table. And that is why empathy is number two on our list of characteristics of exceptional decision makers. It starts with humility and then it moves right into having empathy, being empathetic. There are our first two characteristics. Let's move on now to our third characteristic. So let me describe someone and see if you know this person or perhaps um, you may decide that this person is you. Have you met the person who, when it comes time to make a decision, they are seeking to know everything they could possibly know? They want to cross all their T's, dot all their I's. And what they're ultimately trying to do is they're trying to create certainty and eliminate unpredictability. These are the individuals who have a um, discomfort with risk. Now, there's nothing wrong with seeking all the information that we could possibly seek. However, it is incredibly naive to think I'm going to know everything I need to know. In fact, during the decision-making process, there's three buckets of information we're seeking to uncover in order to factor them into our decision-making process. The first bucket is what I call our known knowns. Things are things that we know we know, existing facts that we're fully aware of and that we know to be true. Or it's just information that's pertinent to the decision-making process, and we're fully aware of it, and we fully understand it. That's bucket number one. I call those known knowns. Bucket number two are our known unknowns. These are things that we know we don't know. These are things that we would like to know, or we feel like we should know, and we know that we don't know them. And this bucket of information is important because if we know what we don't know, we can do a couple of things. One, we can seek to find those things out, right, so that we can factor them into the decision-making process. Or as we're making a decision, we can keep them at the top of our uh, uh, thoughts so that we're fully aware that, hey, this is some stuff that we don't know, but we still have to make this decision. But let's just kind of keep this stuff in mind. And then three, the third thing that we could do with that bucket of information is to make sure that we don't fill in those unknowns with assumptions or speculation that could possibly be inaccurate and lead us astray. So that second bucket, known unknowns, is incredibly important during the decision-making process. We have to acknowledge what we don't know. But there's a third bucket, and that third bucket would be what I call our unknown unknowns. These are things we don't even know we don't know. (laughs) Now, let me say it again. In fact, let's make it even more complicated. These are things that we know we don't know we don't know right? Uh, We call these black swans. And the importance of this is that 
it, it, it's absolutely absurd to think that during the decision-making process, you're going to know all the variables that are at play. Sometimes you will know most of them. Sometimes you will know a lot of them. Sometimes you only know some of them. But while we're making decisions, it's important that we keep an open mind and we recognize that there could be other variables at play that we're completely unaware of. So if we take the time to recognize that there are these three buckets of information, it's important that we also recognize that we're going to be taking a little bit of risk with every decision we make. And that's why our third characteristic of exceptional decision makers would be having a high level of risk tolerance. Listen up, because I really want to make sure you, you, you hear this. When you have a discomfort with risk and you're seeking complete certainty and trying to eliminate unpredictability, what you're ultimately doing is you're slowing down the decision-making process, you're ensuring the status quo, and even worse, you're increasing the likelihood of mediocrity. Now, I'm going to pause just for a moment and I'm going to let all that soak in. If we have a discomfort with risk and we are refusing to make a decision until we have complete certainty and we've eliminated as much unpredictability as we possibly can, what we are at risk of is one, slowing down the decision making process. That's fairly obvious, isn't it? But also ensuring status quo. People who slow down the decision-making process sometimes refuse to make decisions, and that leads to status quo. And then sometimes when we're unwilling to take risks, we may not make a decision that ideally may make all the difference in the world, may change everything for us. And that's what leads to mediocrity in decision-making, because if we're not willing to take risks, it's highly unlikely that those big answers, those big risks, those big challenges, those big things we need to step there and do, it's unlikely we're going to do them. And we're always going to stay in this state of mediocrity. This is why risk tolerance during the decision-making is so important. Ambiguity is part of the process. And as we move forward, we want to make informed decisions with full awareness of the risks we're taking. We want to be able to take risks, but what's important is that we're aware of the risk that we're taking so that we can have a plan in place should those risks occur. When you look at the definition of risk tolerant, that's what it's really all about. Risk tolerance is all about having the ability to accept the outcomes of a risk should they occur and then knowing that you have the right resources and plans in place to deal with that risk, to deal with those outcomes, to be able to pivot, to be able to, to redirect or to be able to recover if that risk actually plays out in a way that you were hoping it wouldn't, right? Sometimes we make decisions, we take risk, and the outcomes are less than ideal. But when you have a high level of risk tolerance, what it really means is that you're fully aware of those risks and you're prepared for them if they occur, that you know you're going to be able to pivot, redirect, and recover. Now, here's the beautiful thing. Are you ready for this? Here we go. When you combine risk tolerance with empathy, what you're doing is you're closing the gaps 
minimizing blind spots so that you can make more informed decisions. Because if you're engaging in empathy, like we've talked about before, you're uncovering more information, you're absorbing more input, more insight, which then leads to a more informed decision. So you're closing those gaps and you don't have to be as risk tolerant. But then when you add risk tolerance with humility, our first characteristic, you're coming to the table with this level of humility that's going to allow you to pivot and redirect whenever you need to, because if things don't go as planned, it's no big deal. You have the humility needed to be able to to accept that and to say, it's no big deal. We can do this. We can pivot. We can redirect. Humility creates the foundation for resilience and perseverance so that you can learn from your mistakes and keep moving forward after you've taken a risk and perhaps incurred outcomes that were less than desirable. So ladies and gentlemen, there's our first three characteristics and they are big, they are huge, right? But they are so freaking important. So let me go back for back through the first three. One is humility, two is empathy, and three is risk tolerant. Now, you can't bring those three things to the table unless you also bring the fourth characteristic of exceptional decision makers, which is patience. Oh, you guys are probably cringing when you hear me say that. Patience, patience. We don't have the time to be patient these days. But if you look around you and you pay attention to the most effective leaders and the most effective decision makers, if you scrutinize that their every word, their every action, and you pay close attention to them, you will see that on a daily basis, they are exercising a ton of patience. Patience is simply the capacity to accept tolerate, and deal with delays, problems, and suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Now, that's really important. That's huge. Let me explain that again, or at least read that to you again here. Patience, 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 patience. It's the capacity to accept and tolerate delays, problems, and suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Now, for a second, stop and think about this. When has becoming annoyed and anxious been helpful to you and gotten you an, an, an outcome that you were hoping for? If you just stop to, <laughs> to take a second to entertain that question, you're going to see why patience is so important. We don't have time to become annoyed. We don't have time to become anxious, right? They're, they're, you know, we are dealing with little time these days and we do have to move quickly. And all we do is we make it more difficult on ourselves when we become annoyed and anxious. But when we come to the table with patience, we're increasing the likelihood that that or the we're decreasing actually the likelihood that that will happen. Humility plus empathy plus risk tolerance plus patience will help you keep your perfectionism in check. I'm going to say that again and I'm going to pause. When you come to the table with a humble demeanor and you combine it with a genuine curiosity that drives your desire to be empathetic, and then you combine it with the willingness to take on risks and to be patient during the entire process, what you're doing is you're keeping your perfectionism in check. For those of you that suffer from perfectionism, I shouldn't even say suffer. That's not fair. 
It's not about suffering. It's about managing. It's about dealing, knowing what our perfectionism is, how it drives us in in managing that. That's probably going to be a great topic for an upcoming episode. But for now, as we try to manage our perfectionism, one of the most effective ways we can do that is by combining our humility, our empathy, and our risk tolerance and patience to keep it in check. During the decision-making process, you have to accept that imperfections are part of it. Earlier, I said that ambiguity is part of the process. Imperfection is part of the process. Things aren't always going to play out like you wanted them to. Things aren't always going to go on your timeline. There will be times that sometimes we have to engage in trial and error. And that takes patience. There will be times that we have to wait, let some things unfold and play out before we make a decision or take action. That takes patience. There will be times that maybe the best course of action is to plant a seed and wait for it to germinate before a decision is made and we take action. That takes patience. And when you recognize that you have to be patient and that imperfections are just part of the process and things aren't always going to go as planned, you'll be able to exercise the kind of patience that is absolutely needed to be an effective decision maker. And that's why patience is number four on our list of five characteristics of exceptional decision makers. Okay, gang, you're doing a great job hanging in there with me. Let's move on to our fifth and final characteristic of exceptional decision makers. Another drum roll. I'm in the drum roll kind of mood today. All right, drum roll. Here we go. The fifth characteristic as as you may have uh, suspected or already guessed is self-assurance. This is a no-brainer, right? Humility, empathy, being comfortable with risks and being patient. None of that is possible unless you also bring your self-assurance to the table. Self-assurance is all about having the belief and confidence in yourself, your skills, and your character. Let me say that again. Self-assurance is having a very strong belief and confidence in your abilities, your skills, and your character. When you are self-assured and you approach the decision-making process with a high level of self-assurance, what you ultimately will do is you will minimize your insecurities so that you can be more humble. Take a second and just think about it. If I approach decision-making with a high level of self-assurance, slowly over time, my insecurities will start to dissipate. And when I am less insecure, it is so much easier to show up and be humble. And guess what? The same is true if I'm seeking to be more empathetic. If I can minimize my insecurities by having a very strong belief in my abilities and my character, then it's so much easier to show up and be empathetic. It's so much easier to entertain how other people are thinking and feeling. It's so much easier to be empathetic when your own insecurities have been minimized. And that's what self-assurance will do for you. It's so much easier to take risks 
when you have a high level of self-assurance. Because if you take a risk and things don't go as planned, it's your self-assurance that will kick in and it will tell you you're okay. Things didn't go as planned, but you've still got this, my friend. You are resilient. You are perseverant. You will figure this out. You will pivot. You will redirect. You will recover. It's so much easier to take on risks when you are coming to the table with a high level of self-assurance. And lastly, it is so much easier to be patient, to be able to breathe and to pause and to wait when you are self-assured. And that is why self-assurance is number five on our top five characteristics of exceptional decision makers. There you have it, my friends. Those are our top five characteristics. Humility, empathy, risk tolerant, patient, and self-assurance. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. I hope that you have gotten a, a tremendous amount of value in it. You guys know that I appreciate and and actually crave your feedback. So here are the here's the here's what I'm going to ask you to do. Go to my website, starlawest.com forward slash podcast. And in the comment section, either for the podcast page or the the page for this particular episode, share with me your feedback. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. And then while you're there, I'm going to have a free download for you. All you have to do is log into your account online and you'll be able to download what I'm calling the uh, decision-making affirmations. And they're all built around these five characteristics. And when I designed this, what I had in mind was that you would be able to download this print it out and keep it nearby, either keep it at your desk, maybe perhaps um, have it as a screensaver or perhaps put it in your notebook somewhere where you can remind yourself of these five characteristics and you can remind yourself of what you have to bring to the table in order to be an exceptional decision maker. So that free download is out there. It's waiting on you. Simply go to my website, find the page for this particular episode. It's pretty easy to do. And then you'll be able to download that worksheet. And of course, there's going to be a second worksheet there that will have a little bit more information to it because I like to make sure that you have a key takeaway um, that, that provides you with a lot of the details of what we talked about today. So make sure you go out there and download that free worksheet. And of course, in the, the show notes, there will be links to anything else that I think would be uh, helpful as you consider this topic and you start to really think about how can I enhance these qualities in myself. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Starla West. I'm your host for Help Me Think, and I will see you soon on another episode. Until then, stay strong, my friends. You got this.